Excuse me, what is your name? Um, May Rose. May Rose, how old are you? Um, um, nothing. episode 87 we're closing in on a hundred it is almost inevitable at this point 13 uh, 13 shows away before we get to a hundred took us just three short years to get here uh but we're we're cooking right along and um big daddy hoff got his second dose second dose of the moderna had to move it back a couple of days because i had a show down in savannah georgia i believe i told you about that it was oof, flying down there for like i was in savannah for like what would it have been like 16 hours or something total just flew there it's a six hour flight not not if you do it the way i do it which is buying the ticket last minute so there are no more directs i don't know if there ever were a direct uh flight lax to savannah but um certainly there was only a one-stop shop but not not for nikki not uh not when you buy it last minute and you fly uh at 1 30 a.m to dallas take that red eye and it, by the way it's more than a red eye like 11 30 12 12 30 that's a red eye 1 30 a.m is like last last stop okay this was like you were going to go to bed and and instead you had to like leave for the airport like if you fly out at 11 or something you, you, then you leave for the airport at 10 you leave at 9 30 it's like you know you're not even that tired yet but when you leave at 1 30 it's like okay you, you hold off it's 11 30 hold off it's 12 now go to the airport which by the way everyone listening if you plan on going to the airport or at any time and you're going to use Uber or Lyft, uh, note from the uh, experienced here, it's not like it was. It's not like Uber early 2020. That's not how it's operating right now. It is. There are very few drivers out there, uh, probably because demand's gone down, so supply goes down, right? Supply follows the demand, and... Um, and I almost missed both of my flights. My my, I almost missed my flight uh, coming out of LAX, and I almost missed my flight coming back from Savannah. Because uh, you know, at that time, there's already a suppressed level of drivers, right? When you're going at odd hours, but it was never like this. I mean, I turned on Uber and Lyft, and both of them were just scrolling, looking for a driver for like 20 minutes. And and Uber even found one. On my departing flight, it even found one, and it's like, hey, he's he's 16 minutes away, and you're like, geez, that's that's a ways away for where I live. Like, yeah, I'm in Los Angeles, okay? There's there's always somebody within a couple minutes. So 16 minutes away, I should have been like, oh, that's not good. Right then, I should have called a taxi. Right then, because the taxis are still going strong, um, and they're happy to have the work, right? And you pay a couple extra bucks, but at least, you know, they're going to get you there. And... Say what you will about taxi drivers. They're better drivers, okay? Not not just some, you know, cheese dick that's showing up. He's like, yeah, I got spare time. 
Like, oh, I'll drive people around. Like, it's not like that. Like, these guys are professional drivers. I feel like if you put a taxi driver in a NASCAR, he's going to place. Okay? Like, if these guys are good. They're flying around. It's like that old Seinfeld bit. It's like they're flying up, you know, doing 90 up a one way, and you're never scared in the back of that taxi. Like, you like, this guy knows what he's doing. He, like, they brake hard, but you never feel like he's out of control of the vehicle. They're very efficient at what they do. Um, so I, right then when it said 16 minutes, I should have been like, okay, I'm calling a cab. Um, still wait for the guy, but like call the cab. And, um, and then, you know, he's getting closer, 15, 13, seven minutes away. And when he was like four minutes away and I was getting ready to grab my bag and head out to the street, uh, he just cancels the ride, which by the way, by the way, Uber Lyft, if I do that to the driver, I get charged $5. So I don't know why it's not reciprocal. Like, I know they don't want to screw over their drivers, but, I mean, come on. Like, tit for tat. Like, this guy was coming, and then he canceled. So now it's, you know, what, he canceled 12 minutes after he said he was coming. So now I'm 12 minutes later. And if you know anything about me, you know I don't leave a lot of wiggle room. Okay, I'm not like I'm not the guy that feels good, you know, standing in that Starbucks line because I still have an hour and a half before my flight boards. My favorite kind of airport run is when I'm like go through security and I'm walking up to my gate right as they're saying last call. That is my favorite (laughs) way to travel. So if I'm there and I'm like if I'm if I walk up to the gate and it says 30 minutes till boarding, I'm like, damn it way too early uh uh so i didn't leave a lot of time to wiggle and um and so now i'm kind of sweating and i'm like i might miss this flight i might miss this flight and it's going across the country there aren't direct flights and now like from landing i think i landed at like uh 2 30 uh in savannah and the show was at seven so i only have you know what is that four and a half hours there. So now I'm saying, okay, I miss this flight, middle of the night flight, by the way. So the next flight isn't till 6 a.m. So, and that is, let's see, one thirty to 6, that's, that's four and a half hours. So there goes my entire wiggle room right there. If I miss this flight, I'm screwed. So I, I you know, I've got Uber and Lyft open. I'm, I'm like, rescan, rescan. Come on, come on, come on. Finally, I I don't know why I didn't think about this earlier, but I was like, go to one of the better cars. Like, don't just get Uber X. Don't get, like, you know, basic Lyft. I forget what they call their basic ride. Like, go for the Comfort or the XL. Like, you know, see who's there. And so finally I did that with Lyft, and one of their higher-end cars were available. And thank God the guy showed up because I didn't think he was going to. Uh, You know, like, you know how you can follow them along on the map? And it was just circling like he he got to this one intersection and he just wasn't moving. I was like, oh, come on, dude. Come on. And finally he came and and got me there. Got no traffic and TSA pre-check. Easy peasy. Go right through. And I get there and I'm still like. It's still like 11 minutes before boarding, so I'm kind of still like, oh, you know what, I could have <laughs> had him stop for, for a donut on our way to the airport. I didn't have to be this early. What am I doing? So you'd think I'd learn my lesson, and I, and I land, and I text the guy who's running the show. I'm like, hey, I'm here. He goes, just take, just take an Uber or Lyft, and I'll pay you for it. 
and I look, I like open up the app. It says an Uber from here to my Airbnb is like $65 or something. So I'm like, okay. So at minimum, these are two rides at 65 bucks a piece, $130. How much is it to rent a car? And it's like $120 to rent a car. I was like, you know what? Screw this Uber and Lyft stuff. I'll just rent the car. I mean, the guy's going to reimburse me anyway, so what does it matter? And I'm actually saving him ten bucks, you know, if this is the if this is how much it costs. And so I I get up to the car rental line, and there's a couple of people in front of me, and I just like let me just refresh the app app, and I did, and then there was a lady, and it was like twenty three bucks or something. So I was like, oh, all right, twenty three is a lot different. I'll do that. But I should have realized that I was flying out at like you know five thirty or six a.m. What is the Uber situation going to be like in Savannah? So uh, I'll get to that in a second. Uh, I go, I do this show that's in a church, by the way. I don't know if I had mentioned that. The guy said, you got to be squeaky clean. I knew that. And then it, he's like, it's in a church. And I was like, okay. Uh, <laughs> and and by the way, you know, that doesn't really bother me, but it's a completely different dynamic. It can be good. It can be good because church-going people, you know, they've got a little more grace and they, and they you know, they, they're a little more generous with their laugh. They're they're generally happier people, so they're a little more generous with that. But then at the same time, it's like you got to be squeaky clean. And what's the setup going to be? Because I've done a church before where I was standing at the pulpit, and that's that's not ideal. That's not how you know. I'm a moving comic. I want to do these act outs. I want to do like big things. <laughs> and then they're like, "Here, just stay here." The the microphone's attached to this big wooden block. Um, but luckily, I got there. It was kind of one of these new. Uh, churches, you know, with the like the riser stage and the and, and you know nice sound system and a, and a wireless mic. The whole setup was good, like they almost like a rock show almost, and had a blast. for For fifty minutes, I did fifty minutes, and I kept it squeaky clean the entire time until the second to last joke I told. I <laughs> I said nuts, and not like. Not like, ah, nuts, but like as referring to my nuts. <laughs> and as soon, because the whole time I was talking, I was editing as I was going. You know, I was, I would, I would be telling a joke, but my mind is ahead of my mouth and I'm editing like anything questionable. I'm just changing the verbiage just on the fly. And for whatever reason, that punchline comes out a little faster than. Normally, like, the setup's this thing, and then all of a sudden, boom, here comes the punchline, like, right behind it. And I lost track of where I was, and I just go, and my nuts! And, and as soon as it came out, everybody was laughing, but it's like... And then all of a sudden, I froze and kind of just went down into a cradle position because I realized what I did. And that actually made them laugh harder. Like, it, it was fine. It was fine. They said, you're fine. Like, that was... You didn't... Don't even sweat that at all. And so it was a great show, had fun, went out with the uh, went out with the people, the pastor and his wife and his little kid and the and some other people from the show went out uh afterwards. We ate Chinese food, it was delicious, and had a good time, walked back to my Airbnb, uh, you know, fell asleep, and then woke up giving myself only old Nick Hoff amount of time. Like, you know, doing the calculations backwards from, okay, here's the when the flight is, here's when boarding is, here's how long it takes to get to the airport. So five minutes before that. <laughs> and I did that. And uh, and I'm, you know, swiping through. By the way, it's an Airbnb, so you got to do all these things before you can get out. That's That sucks a little harder than a hotel 
like you think the Airbnb is nicer, but when you have to do a quick escape, it's not great. Like a like a four in the morning rollout, and then all of a sudden you get, oh, I got to take the sheets off and throw them in the tub. I got to get all the trash collected, put that out, and make sure I put the key back in the lockbox. It's a whole thing. So I'm doing that. So now that's eking into the five minutes that I had lotted for wiggle room. And I, but I, as soon as I woke up, I started the like I started the Uber and Lyft like search. I was like, let me just find one. OK, I, I'll call them and say, wait, I'll pay you extra to just sit there for me. Um, couldn't find it. Couldn't find it. It's like scrolling. And finally, I get an Uber. Uh, all right. Finally, I get a Lyft. And it's, it's saying like, oh, he's finishing a drop off. But I'm looking at it, and he's coming up the road where I'm standing, out there in that Savannah early morning heat. I'm standing there, and I see his car is coming right at me. And you can see the line that he's going to go. Like, I know he's going to go right past me. And I'm like, oh, you don't have this kind of time? Like, what's going on? So I call him. You know, the app lets you call. I call him. I was like, hey, I'm uh, I'm the guy that's in queue, like, after your drop-off. He's like, yeah, what, what, <laughs> what do you need? And I go, I am standing right here you I, I can see your headlights coming up and he goes okay well i'm just gonna make this drop off and i'll come back and get you and i was like ah. and i'm not a dick like a and a more assertive person and i guess it's not being a dick but a more assertive person might have said do you mind if i jump in right now because you're kind of headed in my direction that i need to go i can go to the airport i'm gonna miss my flight like can i can you ask the person can i just jump in there i'm wearing a mask all that but i didn't i was just like ah, okay i'm i'm right here and he goes all right i'll come back for you and I see his car go past me, like, right at that moment. I'm like, oh, fart. And it's saying, like, 11 minutes. He's got to drop off. He's got to go up, and he's got to drop this person off, and then come, and then backtrack, come back and get me, and then go back up to take me to the airport. So I'm like, this sucks. And so I open up, I open up Uber, and I'm like, let's find one. And there's a dude that's five minutes away. And I'm like, yes, do it. And so now I've got two cars coming for me, but I don't trust anybody because I've been canceled already. So I don't trust anybody. And so I got Uber guy five minutes away. Lyft guy's 11 minutes away. He's got to still come back. And uh, I'm just like, I'm, I'm keeping them both on the line. I'm playing two, two, I got two fishing poles in the water. You know, I just, whoever bites first. And I'm watching that uh, Uber guy and he's getting closer and closer. I'm like, please, please, please. And and all of a sudden the lift guy makes his drop off and now he's turning around like something happened in their timeline where now the lift guy is on his way back to me. So now I got two cars coming back to me and it's like one of them's one minute away and the other guy's seven minutes away. I feel bad now. Uh, <laughs> I feel bad now. But the one guy comes up and as soon as I, I'm like throwing stuff in the trunk and canceling the dude, uh, canceling the lift with my other hand. And uh, you know what? Five bucks to cancel that oh, happily pay the extra five dollars to have two fishing poles in the water got in the car and the guy was like hey i almost didn't pick you up like you don't know uh, who you're dealing with at this hour like i don't trust a lot of people i was like well thank you so much for coming to pick me up because i've i've already dealt with that once um and he got me he got me there by the way uh his driving was garbage i've never i've never like um I've never like rated a person poorly on there. I've always given them five stars. Just five stars. There you go. And I don't want to screw with anybody's money. Um, but this dude was such a bad driver. Like, like made me feel unsafe in the back of that car. Um, and, and when it said, "Do you, what do you rate?" 
And I still tip the 20%, still give that, but I was like, ooh, maybe I should just give him four stars. Not even like a crappy rating. Like, I mean, it, safety is a pretty big you know, consideration when it comes to people driving you around. But I was like, ah, you know what? I was, I'll still give him the five stars. You know, Maybe he was having an off day. But I don't know. I hope, <laughs> I hope he doesn't get in a car accident at some point, and I could have prevented it. Um, but got to, got to the airport. Flew home this time on the way home. Just one connection, just Charlotte and home. Airports are packed, you guys. I mean, uh, America is back. Like, I don't know what... I know vaccinations are up to, like, 40% of people are vaccinated now. Uh, but, I mean, we're traveling. Like, it's back to 100. We're, I mean, that's what it's looking like. So I hope hope we don't go the way of India. Like, I know India spiked the ball in the end zone in, like, January. They're like, we did it! Boom! And then now they're having... You know, like worse than it's ever been. And by the way, if you look at the Earth's statistics, like everybody, all the countries combined, this is as bad as it's ever been. I know in America it feels like uh, like like everything's kind of going back to normal. We're feeling good. And I know we're one on the forefront of vaccinations. But um, but I mean, the as a world goes, this is as bad as it's ever been. So don't get cocky. Like, don't don't let your guard down. I, I want to get back to normal, and I'm letting my guard down. But be careful out there, you guys. That's that's what I really want to say. Be careful. You don't want to become one of these countries that, like, was doing really well, and then all of a sudden, ah, damn it, we're back down. So, I mean, if you, if you feel okay about getting the vaccine, I highly recommend it. Uh, I've felt a lot better since I got it, and I know it takes 14 days to fully marinate inside of me. And yeah, there are questions about it, but I feel like, you know, the whole thing's a question mark, uh, whether you get the disease or not. Or, and, and I just feel like more, more damage is being done by us remaining closed to a certain degree. And certainly damage to my family, like a kid wasn't able to go to school for the longest time. That's got to do something to a kid's psyche. I know lots of kids are dealing with that. So me getting me getting vaccinated was more like it was for me, but it was for other people as well. I want us to move toward getting back to normal. So if you, if you don't really care one way or the other, I say, get vaccinated, get vaccinated. That way we can kind of try and take that step forward. And, uh, but I, I don't want to force anybody that doesn't feel good about it. If you don't feel good about it, don't get it. Uh, just be more careful and, and, you know, <laughs> stay away from Nana. I don't know. Anyway, uh, Dogecoin is blowing up. Dogecoin's going out of control. Whoa, what the heck? Oh, He's trying to FaceTime me right now. Um, Dogecoin. I don't know if you guys are up to date on your cryptocurrencies, but um, Dogecoin is that joke crypto that came out in like 2013. This is some meme or something, and some guy's like, I'm going to create Dogecoin. And it looks like doggy coin, but it's Dogecoin. It's got like a dog on the emblem. And I guess it's up like 10,000% this year. People are losing their minds. And I looked at it, I remember looking at it when it was five cents per share and thinking, I should just throw, you know, a thousand bucks at this. Just why not? Like, you know, it's like gambling. And it is gambling. The whole stock market is gambling, but some of it's a little, you know, the odds are in your favor, whereas gambling, the house has the odds. Um, but, it, you know, the, this crypto feels a little more like gambling. And I was like, you know what? I should just buy a thousand dollars worth of this Dogecoin right now. It's five cents a pop. You know, I could buy a whole boatload of it. And um, and then I went on where I do my investments. By the, by the way, I want to have, 
like uh, some investment people come on here so I can pick their brain and and maybe we can all learn a little bit more about all this stuff together. I, there's so much I don't know. Um, and I think there's so much a lot of people don't know. And it, the information needs to be shared. The information should be there for everybody to succeed uh, the way the you know top 1% is. So um, I'm going to have somebody on here, just like a, an investing expert. And um, if you guys know anybody, by the way, and you say, hey, this person would be great on your podcast. Not only are they an investing genius, but they're super likable and engaging. So uh, if you know anybody like that, let me know. Um, and I'll try and get them on here and pick their brain. But this Dogecoin, I went on where I invest. I invest with this company called Vanguard. And uh, you can't buy cryptocurrency on there. So at the time, I was like, you know what? This is probably good. It's probably good that I can't gamble all of our money away um, on something this stupid. But uh, since then, it went up to like 60 cents, or, and now it's like down at 50 after Elon Musk went on SNL. And that's what I don't like about it is like, you know, something as stupid as a person going on Saturday Night Live can impact, you know, the perceived value. And that's all it is. It's just perceived value of this thing. There's nothing backing it. There's no gold backing it. Like it could go to zero tomorrow. By the way, I think, Bitcoin could go to zero tomorrow. It's not just about, you know, this Dogecoin. I think they none of it has any, like, realistic backing with the exception of the, you know, it's got investors who have a an interest in the fact that it won't go to zero. But Dogecoin feels like that's a little m more uh, risky. But I, I forget what my investment would have been. I put $1,000 at $0.05 cents a share. It would have been good. It would have been good, okay? So I'm trying not to do that math. And it's simple math, by the way. I could I could sit here with a calculator and in 10 seconds tell you what it is. But I, don't want, I kind of don't want to know. I kind of want to remain ignorant. Otherwise, I'm going to freaking open up a Robinhood account and just throw my money at, like, darts at the wall and hit nothing. Okay? So I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to Kevin O'Leary at the... Uh, Mr. Wonderful on Shark Tank, I'm a very boring investor. I only go for the sure things, and it's not it's not sexy what I do. I, that's that's just what I'm going to keep rolling with. That's what's been working so far. And there are these things out there. It's like, yeah, yeah, I could have put $100,000 on, on black in Vegas at the high rollers table and hit. Could have hit twice in a row and boom, boom, quadrupled my money. But you know what? I'm not going to do that. So I'm just going to sit here and be lazy. But Dogecoin, I hope everybody makes a lot of money. I think it'd be fun if people did that. Um, and I hope people don't lose their ass, which is probably going to happen to some people. Uh, that's that's the fear of buying it now or buying it in a year or buying Bitcoin now. Like You could just lose your ass. You could go down 50%, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, hell. So I guess the old adage, if you don't have the money to lose, then don't put the money up. And that's what I'm going to do. And uh, I, I wanted to take a moment and share. Um, I talk to a lot of people who have these uh, preconceived notions of comedy. And I want to talk about the three biggest myths of stand-up comedy. And then I want to tell you something that I'm not very proud of. Something that happened to me recently. And I just feel like i got to get it off my chest and tell you guys. Um, first big comedy myth is that uh, the bigger the audience the scarier the moment. And that's just not true. Like a lot of people think, oh, the, the more people that are in the audience, isn't that terrifying for you? Isn't that really scary and intimidating? No, that's that's a myth. 
Uh, I think, you know, for, for people that are afraid of public speaking, that might be true. But that's for comedians. We want people. Give us as many people as possible. The more the merrier. You know, laughter is contagious. What's scary is doing a show for seven people in a gigantic room. That's scary because now those laughs last a lot shorter of a time and you've got you only have seven people to impress if you have a room full of a thousand people you know you can hit 90 percent of them and you know if a hundred people are just kind of like oh this guy's all right you know you might not notice those but but at least you got the other 900 give us more people the smaller is scarier uh the uh, you know it's just like when people think that uh performing for friends and family would be easier it's actually the opposite it's uh, <laughs> you know i've got shows in nebraska coming up in hastings omaha lincoln and carney and and uh and i'm going to see people that i know that i can i can see them from the stage that i know and love and it's like i'm going to have to see that person for the rest of my life still you know you go to a room full of strangers you 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 can say whatever you want and you might not have to see those people again so so it's actually way more intimidating to be in front of friends and family you'd think it'd be the opposite uh the second big comedy myth is that you got to be brave to do stand-up comedy so many people come up to me after a show and say man it takes a lot of balls it takes a lot of balls to do what you do no, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's just it's just how you're wired. Like some people, you know, everybody has that thing that they're missing in their brain that makes them that level of stupid. Like there are some people that just will go like climb the side of a sheer rock cliff and you're like, must take a lot of balls. No, that's just whatever wire was supposed to be connected up in their brain. Just like God skipped that day on that person. And so they're just that doesn't scare them. So it not that it takes a lot of balls. It's just we're wired differently up there. That public speaking doesn't scare us in that way. And the third big myth of stand-up comedy is that dealing with hecklers is hard. Now, this may be true right in the beginning before you've gotten your uh, comedy legs under you. But once you know what you're doing up there and you're a good stand-up comedian, it's not, it's not a difficult thing. It's, it's an unfair fight is what it is. It's not, it's not two people arguing like it seems it's it's one person going against the grain like hopefully the comic is doing well and everybody there's having a good time so they don't like this person that's yelling and now the comic has a microphone so they're amplified it's an unfair fight okay and, and they're in the moment a comic's mind when they're on stage is supposed to be firing on all cylinders like that's like trying to race somebody when they're already on a dead sprint and then you have to start from a dead stop like are they both dead is am i using that word right um so yeah it's it's not hard it's like it's like if you went to a ufc fight and then jumped into the cage and tried to beat the guy like that's just an unfair fight or even if you had to like beat both of them at the same time like these guys are fighting then they turn on you like that's the way it is with a heckler and the only hard thing about that for the ufc fighter is beating the guy without hurting him. That's the only thing that's hard about dealing with a heckler is that you have to you have to, you know, stop the heckle without without damaging the heckler. At least that's the way I feel. Some comics might say, no, all's fair in love and war. I'm like, you know, I, I don't I want to stop what the problem is, but I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And this is this is where I wanted to tell you guys something. I wanted to admit a not so proud moment. Um, and it happened just a couple of weeks ago. I was doing shows in Detroit and I came out on stage and one of my first jokes 
is about, you know, coronavirus and the vaccine. And and I just said, you know, are, are you guys getting vaccinated? I think I said that. And, you know, forget what you think about the vaccine right now. I, you know, this is just in the moment I just said, are you guys getting vaccinated? I just wanted to gauge the temperature of the room. And there was a guy off to my left who was in like a uh, – he wasn't in a wheelchair, but it was like a scooter, like a little rascal scooter. And he yells, no way. And I kind of look over and I'm like, okay, noted, like he's not getting it. And I was listening to everybody else's response. And I go, and I started to move on. And and then he said something like, can't be trusted, can't trust it or something like that. And it just, it was right at the beginning of my set. And I think that's why I responded this way. I think normally I wouldn't have responded this way to that because that's not necessarily a heckle. It's just a guy expressing himself, which is fine. And I like that in my shows, but I think it just kind of it rubbed me the wrong way because I think I had started my next like train of thought on that topic. And then he kept like kept wanting my attention. It felt like he wanted my attention. So I, I don't like that I did this and I still feel bad about two. I mean, two, three weeks later, I still feel bad about this. And that's why I feel like I need to tell you guys Um but yeah, the guy is over there and he's in the little rascal scooter. He's not an old guy. He's not overweight. He's like, you know, he's probably 60 years old and he's in that little thing. So something's going on over there. And he goes, don't trust it. And I kind of uh, stopped what I was saying. I looked at him. And I was like, you, you what? And he goes, you can't be trusted. You can't trust the vaccine. And I go, and it like some about the way he was handling it rubbed me the wrong way. And it was probably because it was right at the beginning of the set. And I like it, the beginning of a set is so important to get that thing going. And I, he goes, you can't trust it. And I go, yeah, you wouldn't want it to screw up your health. <laughs> and I said it in kind of that tone that everybody knew I was talking about the fact that he was in a little, you know, something was happening with that guy. Like, I don't think it was a sad story, but it was like. It was like something was going on with the dudes. <laughs> I said that and everybody laughed and he laughed too. He laughed too. But like it was it, oh, right away. I felt in my stomach. I was like, oh, you didn't have to. You didn't have to do that. Like this guy is here. He's alone and he's, you know, something's going on over there. You didn't have to be that way. But I said it and it's guess what? He laughed the rest of the show, but he didn't say anything anymore. So the heckle was dealt with, I suppose. Although it wasn't a traditional heckle in that sense, but I don't know. Maybe had I not done anything, he would have like kept chirping up. I don't know. I felt bad about it. Uh, what do you guys think? Should I? Is that? <laughs> I feel really bad that uh, that's how I handled that, and I still feel bad about it. Um, what do you guys think? Was that was that wrong? Was that wrong of me to do? Anyway. Uh, but I do have lots of shows coming up. I want you guys to bear with me for 20 seconds of show announcements. Um, this weekend I'm with cable guy in South Dakota. And then at the end of this month, I'm in Appleton, Appleton, Wisconsin. You can find all these dates and tickets at nickhoff.com. Um, let's see, I'm in Appleton, Wisconsin, and then I'm in Fort Collins, Colorado. Get those tickets just one night only there in June. Um, at Chicago, Illinois at Zanies. Uh, look that up. That's uh, I'm, uh, June 22nd through 24th, I believe. Um, and then I'm uh, going to do Omaha Funny Bone uh, second weekend in July. So pick up those tickets. Let's, let's try and sell that one out. I think it'd be fun if we could sell out that Omaha Funny Bone. So uh, get those tickets early. Like, don't wait and encourage other people. You know, help me spread the word. Tell people about it. Uh, get those tickets. And then I'm going to do Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, I'm going to do Arlington, Virginia. That's my first time doing that club. So if anybody's in the area, get those tickets. 
Uh, I've got some East Coast shows coming up I can't announce yet. Uh, but then, ooh, big Nebraska shows. Big Nebraska shows. I'm doing shows in Kearney, Lincoln, and Hastings. I'm going to do two shows in Hastings on July 31st. Um, and those tickets have already started selling, and the tickets in Lincoln have already started selling. I don't think Kearney's up yet, but uh, in Lincoln, I'm at the Bourbon Theater. So get those tickets right now. Do not wait. Um, uh, hit them up and if you get you know if things change we'll roll with the punches we'll work with you on those but get those tickets early help me spread the word tell everybody you know nickhoff.com that's where you get those tickets and we're gonna have a blast we're gonna have a blast this summer okay hopefully things continue to go down and we can get out there and we can start gathering a little bit again uh, appreciate you guys listening to the podcast as always if you haven't already subscribe rate and review it on iTunes and tell everybody you know um, and I, I'll see you guys soon I hope stay safe and as always doom doom better